From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. In the final days of 2016, you're probably seeing a lot of those year-in-review articles and lists reminding you about the best and the worst in music, television, technology, photographs, politics. It's kind of a tradition. And here at Money Talking, we've started one as well. Yahoo will lay off 15% of its workforce and close five global offices. Its aim to save $400 million this year. The United Kingdom declared independence from the European Union in a referendum that felt like a revolution. The cost of the EpiPen is surging. The auto injector's price has risen by more than 480% since 2009. John Stump is no longer the CEO of Wells Fargo Bank. He resigned yesterday following revelations that his bank had been secretly selling services to unknowing customers. So we're taking a look at some of the biggest business and economic trends of the last year and what's in store for the next. And joining me to do this are Rana Fruhar and Rob Cox. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So obviously the election of Donald Trump, I mean, that's a huge story, huge <laughs> impact. But beyond that, I'm wondering, Rana, what do you think are some of like the most important economic trends that happened in this last year and, and what happens going forward? So I think the big question, really the meta question, this kind of dovetails with the presidential election, is, is the recovery that we're having now sustainable and is it real? So, you know, you've seen stocks actually booming. They've gotten huge since Donald Trump has GDP's been elected. GDP growing faster than we thought. GDP is growing faster. I mean, it seems like we are finally in the sort of bigger deal recovery that we've been hoping for. Growth is edging towards 3% instead of this sort of, you know, weak 2% we've been in for the last few years. And the question is, is Donald Trump actually going to do anything policy-wise that is going to make this a real business recovery that brings capital, money, investment back into the country and creates some real jobs? Rob, you got an answer for Ron on that? Well, I think it's really difficult for Donald Trump, actually. I mean, you, as, as Rana points out, you have a market and an economy that's doing quite well. I mean, you've got GDP growth at almost 3%, inflation at 2%, and our debt-to-GDP ratio is somewhere in the neighborhood of 75%. It's a pretty well-priced uh, market. And you, you think back to 1981 when Ronald Reagan uh, took over, and he had zero growth, inflation was double digits, jobless rate was 7%, treasuries were 12.5%. It's crazy. And and you also, you had big meta trends helping him. Globalization hadn't gotten tapped out yet. Women were coming into the workforce. You had these kind of big trends that would push growth forward. Donald Trump doesn't have that working so, for him. So you're making the argument that, like, the economy is doing so well and it's churning along at a good pace that to be able to add on top of that could be difficult. And, in fact, we're actually at the point where – it might start slowing down. Well, I think, yeah, historically, if you look at recovery trends, we are at the point where it might start slowing down. The question is, if it speeds up, um, how would it speed up? There are two ways that could happen. You could see a kind of, you know, continued sugar high of the kind that I've been arguing on this show for some time that we've we've had where, you know, the markets get boosted by lower interest rates. I mean, interest rates are growing up now, but once Janet Yellen's term is up, Donald Trump could potentially replace her with somebody that, you know, keeps that party going for a while. Who knows? Um, That, to me, would create a fake recovery a bigger debt bubble than we have now, and it would probably end in tears. Now, the other way that we could see a more sustainable recovery for a longer period of time is, could he actually pass that big infrastructure plan that people both on the right and left would like to see done? And if so, how would it be done? Okay, Rob, what's the big economic story from this last year that you think we should really be paying attention to? Well, I I think it was Brexit, Brexit, and then Brexit. It was really the first kind of populist victory at the ballot box. It was a, it was sort of like a bloodless revolution, right? It completely upended the established order for the UK and really for Europe. And I think that the ramifications of that, we're going to see it actually throughout 
the next year. Through 2017, we'll actually get to see what happens when they get out of uh, the European Union. Basically, in March, I think Theresa May, the prime minister, is going to trigger Article 50, which is the beginning of formal negotiations to exit. And that's going to be so disruptive. Um, and, I, and I think that that's sort of the story for next year. But it, it really started off this whole um, series of crises uh, or, or upsets for the elites and, and the sort of smarty pants who all got it wrong. Whether <laughs> smarty it was, pants like us. Right? I mean, oh. <laughs> here or, or Italy Colombia with the, the peace deal. I mean, so many of, of the things that people were expecting, you know, were sure were going to happen, were completely upended. And then it ultimately culminated in November with the election of Donald Trump, who, remember, said it was going to be Brexit times five. And it was. And by the way, you know, this hasn't stopped. If you go back to Europe, is there going to be an EU to exit is there, from? Is there going to be you know, an EU in a couple of years? Exactly. You know, you've got the, the French elections coming up uh, where you've got a populist candidate, Marine Le Pen, that's got a good chance of winning. Um, you know, the Dutch are, are um, looking more populist. Angela Italy, Merkel is having difficulties. Angela Merkel is, you know, who knows if she's going to be reelected. If she's not reelected, then you have, I think, an even bigger sea change. Um, and we haven't even talked yet about the Italian debt crisis and whether that's going <laughs> to start, you know, another Round of the Eurozone crisis. I'll be back, Charlie, to talk but about you're, it. But <laughs> you're totally right. Dutch elections, I think, are on March 15th. And already right now, if you look at the polls, the, the Party for Freedom, this v- Dutch version of alt-right, has got like a third of the 150 seats in the lower chamber if they hold held elections today. So I think that could be the sort of the next shoe to drop and really start, as you say, the beginning of a series of more upsets of the established order. Okay, in the little bit of time that we have left, let's go through a, a couple of things that started this year uh, and are going to carry over into next year and what you think might happen. Uh, And Ron, for you, the first one is what do you think is going to be the future of Obamacare? We've seen huge numbers of people signing up for it and even people who voted for Trump who said he wants to get rid of it. You know, I think the majority of people in this country would like to keep it, but the markets themselves are pricing in far fewer people having health care. So, you know, if you if you believe in in market prediction, you would have to say that there's probably going to be a big push to overturn it. Okay, the next one is the Federal Reserve. They are steadily increasing interest rates. So how much of an effect is that going to have on us regular consumers? Well, you know, when interest rates go up, it makes your house more expensive. It makes your car and your student loan payments more expensive. But there's going to be this sort of push-pull between the U.S. recovery, how robust it is, how fast interest rates go up, and how bad things are in the rest of the world. And I think that that's going to net out to a place where interest rates are actually not going to go dramatically up. They'll be somewhat up, but it's not going to be the kind of uh, fast hike you may have seen in the past. Rob? Borrowing rates are going to go up for consumers, particularly those consumers who probably need the money the most and who voted for Donald Trump and thought that they were going to get a bargain. Final question. What is President Obama going to do when he is out of office? I think he, he's going to spend a lot of time in Hawaii. He's, it's hard to see how he can spend more time golfing. But I do think he is <laughs> going to spend a lot of time in the sort of Asia Pacific. I think that may be sort of his legacy in sort of trying to turn America towards an Asia Pacific future. I think maybe he'll do something in the public arena in that area. Well, Rob Cox is global editor at Reuters Breaking Views. And Rana Fruhar is a business reporter and the author of Makers and Takers. Thank you both for joining. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Thanks, Charlie. And I'm Charlie Herman. And this is Money Talking from WNYC. 